Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Epic. I have a few uh, things I want to go over with you before we dive into our message today. The first thing I want to say to you is happy birthday. If you're new with us and wondering why we're celebrating your birthday when it's probably not your birthday, we're not celebrating your birthday. We're celebrating our birthday. So this is our birthday as a church family. Actually, today's not the day. Last Friday, this past Friday, Epic celebrated our fourth birthday. So we are four years old, and you know we're like doing everything a four-year-old would do. I don't know, exactly know what that means, but you know it's it's really exciting to think about us being four years old. And you know I wonder where those four years went. I'm looking forward to many more years of life as a church family. But we've seen some really cool things happen over these past four years. We've had at least over 200 people put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I think that's phenomenal. We've had 86 people follow that up by being baptized, which is an amazing thing as well. So we look forward to many more years together as a church family. Just wanted to say to you, happy birthday, and uh, thanks for being a part of our church family. Now, we had uh, this past weekend some ladies that went to Women of Faith, a women's conference, so a few ladies uh, made it here this morning. So we had about 30-some ladies went down to Orlando for a Women of Faith conference. We want to say welcome back to you, and uh, if... If you see any guys whose like, eyes are like half opened and like they got some patches of hair pulled out, they were probably home with their kids. And we're glad that they were able to make it here. So ladies, glad that you were able to get away, and I hope that God uses that powerfully in your life. Now, we have a men's conference that's coming up in October, October 25th and 26th. It's called Promise Keepers. You heard me talk about that last week. And guys, I cannot encourage you enough to be a part of this. I can't encourage you enough to go take a little bit of time out of your weekend. It's a Friday night and Saturday, and we'll go down to Daytona, and we'll we'll spend uh, the night down there together. We've got some hotel rooms reserved, and here's why we have hotel rooms. A few guys have said, hey, it's so close. Why don't we just, you know, run home, save the 40 bucks? Here's the deal. When we go to a conference like that, It is great to have an entire experience together where we can get to know each other better and and bond as men and bond in our relationship with Christ. And what happens when we come home over the weekend, we kind of break that cycle of what God is doing and how God is speaking to us. So guys, I encourage you to go and I encourage you, let's all hang out together that Friday night. And, uh, and continue to get to know each other better. So we've got a table in the back, Promise Keepers table. Tim Fleener will be back there. So that's a place you can stop. You can get some information. You can sign up online, and you can sign up at this table as well. All right, so if you're ready for today, we're going to dive into week number two of our Power of Blessing series. And last week, we learned together uh, a couple of things that are our premise for this entire series. And the first thing is that God wants to bless us. All throughout the Bible, we watch God blessing his creation. Starts in Genesis, and God blesses his creation in in a very unique way. Blesses animals, blesses humanity, blesses one day out of the week in a very unique way. 
And then God continues to bless and his blessings go all the way through the Old Testament. They go all the way through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they go all the way to the end of the Bible, last book of the Bible called Revelation. And the cool thing about God and his blessings is they stretch way beyond the last book of the Bible. They stretch into all of eternity. If you think about heaven, what heaven is all about, it's about the blessings of God that we get to enjoy forever. So anybody here interested in living in a perfect environment? I mean, a place with no pain, no sorrow, no nightly news to watch. Anybody interested in that? Well, that's what heaven's going to be like. Anybody interested in living in bodies that do not have disease, do not decay, and there is no death? Anybody like a new body? Like, yeah, a few of us would love that. That's what heaven is about. Beyond that, heaven is about living in a perfect relationship with the God who loves us, the God who created all of this world for us and who's creating heaven for us. It's about living in that kind of a relationship with him forever. So heaven is going to be amazing. The reality of our God is that he wants to bless us. He has blessed us. He is blessing us. He will bless us. That's what our God does. He is a God of blessing. Now, the second thing that we learned last week was that God blesses us so that we can bless others. That's the purpose of the blessings that God places in our lives. They were meant to be shared. God's blessings were never meant to be held onto, never meant to be hoarded. And we have a tendency to do that. We all have a tendency to hoard God's blessings. When God places something good into our lives, we have a tendency to think it's ours and we don't want to share it with someone else. We don't mind if other people get another blessing as long as their blessing is not as good as our blessing. I don't know if this happens in your world, but there are moments where somebody else gets blessed and inside we feel a little bit sad, maybe a little bit jealous. Like, that's not fair. You know, what about me? Like, that should have happened for me. I mean, I want that. I mean, that's cool for them, but what about me? I have that same problem. You know, it's kind of a, kind of a weird scenario for me, but um, I've got some pastor friends that I hang out with on a f- fairly consistent basis. Several weeks ago, I was hanging out with one of my pastor friends, and he was telling me something really cool that might happen for he and his church family. Two things happened inside of me. One was, that's awesome. Two was, oh, what about me? What about us? Like, that'd be cool for us. So there's this jealousy thing that can happen inside of us when we're trying to compare our blessings with somebody else's blessings. God says, don't do that. It's a bad thing. It's a bad thing for us to compare blessings. It's a bad thing for us to hoard blessings, hold on to blessings, because our hearts start to grow dark. We start to get greedy. We start to get selfish. God says, my blessings were never meant to be held onto. They were meant to be shared. So to fight against that, God says, share them. And in God's economy, when God looks down at his children sharing blessings with others around, guess what God does? God shares more blessings with that kid. More blessings come to us generally when we are known for passing blessings along. Now, that statement is not meant for us to be using some reverse psychology on God. You know, like, hey, who? that's the trick. You know, I'm going to share my blessings and then maybe God will give me back another blessing. I was flipping through TV the other night and I watched a TV evangelist give a spin like that. 
He said, if you'll give me $1,000, I promise you God will give you 1,000 blessings. And I'm watching TV going, are you for real? Did you just say that? And is anybody really listening to you? Because that's manipulation. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. That's not what it's about. We're supposed to be giving because God has given to us and we just freely share. It's not this reverse psychology thing so that we think we can get something back. So God says, hey, I'm blessing you. Not so that you can hoard it, not so you can be proud of what you have, but so that you can share it with other people. God's plan for blessing the world has always involved blessing people who bless other people. Now today we're gonna explore a specific way that God wants us to bless other people, and that is through the power of words. What we're gonna learn today is that our words are very powerful. They have the power to bring life, and they have the power to take life. Now, just out of curiosity, how many of you would say that you get way too much encouragement in your life? That you're just a little sick and tired for all the encouragement. We got one guy raising his hand. Everybody give him a dirty look. Uh, so like maybe at work. So like you're at work and you're, you're like sick and tired of your boss saying, there comes you know, my favorite employee. Fantastic. They can do no wrong. Or maybe when you're at school. Your teachers are always saying, and you're just a little sick and tired of hearing your teachers tell all the other students, why can't you be more like so-and-so? I mean, they are just fantastic. I mean, they're always doing everything that I ask them to do, always get straight A's. Why can't you be more like that? Or maybe at home, maybe you're tired of hearing your parents say, you are a angel sent from heaven. I mean, you, you can't do anything wrong. I mean, God has blessed me with you. Your halo is so wonderful. You know, there might be some folks that get some encouragement like that. But the reality is, we don't get a lot of encouragement in our world. It's kind of a rare thing. And even in the best environments, encouragement is something that is very rare. Now, for just a moment, I want you to mentally answer a few questions for me. First question is this. What type of emotional environment did you grow up in? What type of emotional environment did you grow up in? Were you given lots of encouragement by your parents or your caregivers? Or were you criticized? Were you praised? Or were you typically criticized? Second main question, what are the prominent words that echo in your mind from your upbringing? Are they words like, you can do it, or are they words like, you can't do it, you're a failure, you're always screwing something up. Now, hold on for just a moment, I'm going to turn these questions around. My third question for you is, what kinds of words typically come out of your mouth? Like when you speak, what kind of words do you typically share with people? Are they words that build people up? Or are they words that tear people down? I want you to think about that in the context of your home life. At home, the people around you there in, that, in your home, they love hearing what you have to say? Or are they afraid of what's going to come out of your mouth? At work, do you speak words of encouragement? People love kind of being around you. Oh, I just love it when I see that person around the corner or I see that person by the coffee pot. It's, man, I just feel better after walking away from them. 
or they try to avoid you at all costs. What about in your friendships? Would your friend say, man, just an encouraging person, someone I just love being around? Or would you look around your friends and go, I'm not so sure I really have a whole lot of friends. And maybe it's because of the words that I choose. Maybe I'm not all that encouraging, and that's kind of driven some folks away. Listen to our main verse for today, Proverbs 18.21. It says, the tongue can bring death or life. The tongue can bring death or life. Now, I want you to do something really weird with me for just a moment. I want you to stick your tongue out, okay, like, like this. So hold it out. You can stick it out at somebody next to you if you don't like them or something. Just stick your tongue out for just a minute, okay? So let me tell you a few things about your tongue. All right, everybody got them out? All right, good. Here we go. So this small body part has the ability to give life or take life. James chapter 3 says that like a little rudder guides a, a big ship, our little tongues guide our lives. With our tongues, we can praise our God or we can curse our God. With our tongues, we can lift people up or we can cut them to the core. And get this, our tongues hold the power to influence how people think and feel about themselves for all of their lives. Our tongues hold that kind of power. We can influence someone for all of their lives by just the words that we share. Our words have a lot of power. If you still have your tongue out, you can pull it back in. All right, because our words have so much power in my house, I often say to my kids, you need to speak words of life, not words of death. There'll be moments that my kids are kind of going at it verbally with each other or physically with each other, and I step in, time out, what's going on? Doesn't sound like words of life are being spoken here. You need to turn that around. You need to start speaking words of life instead of words of death. And I wish this weren't the case, but there are many occasions where my kids go, time out, dad. What's coming out of your mouth doesn't sound like words of life. (laughs) Sounds like words of death. So we don't have this whole thing figured out, this words of life thing. We've got kind of the words of death thing figured out a little bit more. But in my house, everyone in our family has permission to call anybody else out on that. Everybody's got permission. My my eight-year-old son has got permission to call us out and go, time out. Sounds like words of death going on there, and it needs to be words of life. Now, the phrase words of life might be a new phrase for you, maybe may a, a term you're not all that familiar with, or you're not exactly sure what to do with it. So I'm going to start with the other phrase, and that's words of death. I think most of us are familiar with words of death. I bet you can remember the moment in your life when maybe that kid or that parent or that teacher or somebody significant in your life spoke those words that hurt deeply. Words that maybe you carry with you to this day. One of my daughters had one of those moments in the third grade. Uh, She had a moment in the third grade where she was struggling with math. So there's this new math concept she she was really struggling to, to get, couldn't quite figure it out. And the teacher said to her in a very frustrated moment, you're just not good at math. And so my little third grader took that thought and embedded it in her heart and said, I guess I'm just not good at math. And then decided to make decisions based upon that. She did her best to avoid math at all costs. 
Like, I don't want to be in math. I'm not good at math. It has affected her to this day. She still thinks she's not very good at math. It's amazing what words can do to us. I have a neighbor in his 80s who was told by his father that he was a mistake, that he never should have been born. Can you imagine your dad telling you that? Can you imagine your dad saying to you, like, you should, never should have been born. You shouldn't be here. You were a mistake. Some of you can't imagine that. You know what that's like. You, you can imagine worse. Maybe worse has been spoken to you. But that just grieves my heart. And I think about my neighbor. Here he is in his 80s, late 80s. And for 80 years of his life, he's been carrying this weight of these words on his shoulder like a ton of bricks. Where his dad says, you're a mistake. You shouldn't be here. Our words can bring life. Our words can bring death. Our words have the ability to kill. Kill our spirits, crush our dreams, trample our hearts. And that old rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is just a lie. And we all know that words can hurt way more than sticks and stones ever could. Listen to what God says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Now, if you're a Christ follower, then God is speaking directly to all of us today. If you're not, if you'd say, listen, I'm not a Christ follower, I'm just checking this thing out, then you're not exactly held to this. But if you're a Christ follower, this is what God wants for you. He says, don't use foul or abusive language. If you're a Christ follower, do you use foul or abusive language? Let everything you say, everything you say, be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So words of life bring encouragement to people. You know, people feel better when they hear them. They feel better about themselves. They feel better about their situation. Even if they're in a rotten situation and those words cannot transform that situation, people feel better about themselves even in a situation that might feel hopeless. Words are powerful. And I watched that this past summer, actually a few months ago when we were in Guatemala. We had our our team down, our second team in Guatemala. We had 17 in our team. And one day during lunch, we did a words of life exercise. So during lunch, we just went around one by one and spoke words of life to each person sitting there. And we spoke praises, things that we loved about them, things that we were encouraged about them, things that we thought they were really good at. And we just took the whole lunch one by one, and we just kind of poured praises on each person. And as we went around the the table, it was interesting to watch more and more eyes fill with tears. As we were pouring praises out on our team members, a number of our team members sat silently weeping with tears rolling down their face. And one of our team members, big burly guy, um, you know, manly dude, and he said, you're just going to have to move on because this is making me feel really awkward. He just didn't know what to do with all the praise that he was getting. And I sat there wondering, like, why were we so deeply moved? Why were people crying when we were pouring words of affirmation on them? And I thought, you know what, I think it might have to do with the fact that we don't hear words of affirmation a lot. We don't hear words of life a lot. We hear negative words more than anything else. It was a profound moment for me. Words have power, the power to give life or death. 
Proverbs 16.24 says, Kind words are like honey. They are sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. So we actually grow stronger when we hear words of life. We get healthier when we hear words of life. They, they transform our lives in ways that very little else can. So when we get words of life, it really transforms us physically, mentally, and emotionally. We got to pray for that little one. You know, I'm just having a rough, rough morning here. Sometimes I feel that way. I recently read a, a true story about the power of words through an author named Marianne Bird. So Marianne Bird wrote this little story about her life. And here's what you need to know about Marianne. Marianne was born with multiple birth defects. She had one deaf ear, a disfigured face, crooked nose, lopsided teeth, feet that weren't straight. She was convinced no one outside of her family could ever love her. And as you can imagine, she not only suffered physically from these disabilities, but she suffered emotionally from the pain of her peers. Their words hurt deeply. She tried to act like words couldn't hurt her, but their words hurt her. One of the things that she dreaded at school was the annual hearing test. It was the moment where the teacher would call each student individually up to the front of the class by her desk, and each student would have to to cover one ear, and then the teacher would whisper into the ear that's not covered something like, the sky is blue or you have new shoes. And that student would repeat back what they heard. If they repeated back exactly what the teacher had said, they passed the hearing test. Well, Marian hated this test because of her one deaf ear. It was just another opportunity for her to fail in front of her entire class as they got to watch her fail this test. Well, one year, Marianne was in Miss Leonard's class, and Miss Leonard was the, the most beloved teacher of the entire school, and everybody wanted to be in her class, and, and Marianne was so excited that she got to be in Miss Leonard's class. Well, the dreaded annual hearing test day came, and she was asked to come to Miss Leonard's desk for the hearing test. And Marianne wrote in the memoir of her life this. I waited for those words that God must have put into her mouth, those seven words that changed my life. Miss Leonard did not whisper, the sky is blue or you have new shoes. She whispered, I wish you were my little girl. Now, nothing really changed for Marianne in that moment. She remained disfigured, deaf in one ear, and the object of her classmates' ridicule. But that day, everything changed for Marianne. She began to see that her classmates' words were neither the only words about her nor the final words. She began to see that she was lovable, that somebody outside of her family just might be able to love her. Miss Leonard's words empowered her to envision a life beyond the limits of her disabilities. And she followed in Miss Leonard's footsteps, and she became an acclaimed teacher known for an incredible compassion and kindness. How does that apply to us? Well, to people who are deformed and twisted by sin, whether it's our own sin or the sin of someone else, to people who have only heard words of death, God, through Jesus, whispers to each one of us 
I wish you were my little boy. I wish you were my little girl. In a relationship with Jesus, God offers a future beyond the entrapment of any labels that we've ever been given. A life free of condemnation, a life free of the prison that words can so often entrap us in. And just for a moment, I would like you to hear some of God's words for you. God says, my thoughts about you cannot be counted. They outnumber the grains of sand on the seashores. I carefully knit you together in your mother's womb. I saw you before you were born. Every day of your life was recorded in my book even before the first day began. You, you're my masterpiece. Created to do good things that I planned long ago before you were born. I know the plans that I have for you, they're good plans. Plans to give you a future and a hope. And I know the situation that you're in. I'm going to give you back your health. And I'm going to heal your wounds. My love for you never ends. God can't stop thinking about you. He can't stop talking about you. He can't stop praising you because you are his masterpiece. And God's words for you are always words of life. God's words are never delivered to hurt you in any way. Now, I think some of you might need to marinate in those words a little bit. Like, like maybe you've never heard that kind of stuff spoken to you before. And maybe you just need to just like hang out with God and allow him to speak those words to you on a, a consistent basis. If you need that, we've got a spiritual growth challenge back at our Connection Center. And on that spiritual growth challenge, I have all the verses that I've just read to you posted there. And I encourage you to spend some time this week just reading through those verses again and allowing God to speak words of life to you and replace some of those words of death that maybe have been spoken to you. See, when we understand how God feels about us, it has the ability to change how we feel about ourselves and then how we feel about other people and how we treat other people. And again, going back to our premises, God wants to bless us and then God wants to bless us so we can bless other people. So God speaks words of life to us so we can speak words of life to other people. So let me just ask you, how are you doing at that? How are you doing at speaking words of life to people around you? People that you work with, people that you go to school with, people that you live with. Your words can bring life to them or death to them. And you decide. You decide which it'll be. Now, as we close today, I have several challenges for you for those who are courageous enough to do them. All right, challenge number one is this. I challenge you, I double dog dare you, I triple dog dare you this week to speak nothing but words of life. Nothing but words of life. And I know you're probably thinking, you just don't know my boss. (laughs) You don't know who I live with. You don't know what the other kids are like at school. Like, I, I get that. God has asked us to be people who speak words of life. So we need practice at this. We've got to practice to get better at doing what God has asked us to do. Now, you know that statement where your mom said, um, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything nice at all? Yeah. Well, I'm going to push you beyond that. I want to challenge you to say nice things, to speak words of life to people, to look 
for them. Look, you may feel like you have to look really hard for something, but I guarantee you that if you ask God to show you something positive to say, it may be in your marriage, it may be to a kid at school that's, that's treating you poorly, it may be at work, I mean, it could be any context. I encourage you to look for something nice to say. Make it a practice this week to just speak words of life. Remember, God said in Ephesians 4.29, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Great verse to memorize, great verse to write down on a three by five card and have it you know, position around, maybe in your car, maybe you read it before you get out of the car and go into work or you read it before you walk in the house or you read it before you go to school. Here's another verse that'd be a great verse for us to memorize this week. Psalms 141 verse three, it says, God, please take control of what I say and guard my lips. I don't know what happens in your world, but sometimes in my world, words come out of my mouth without permission. Like they zip through my lips and they're out and I'm going, whoa, did I just say that out loud? Oops, sorry. Usually that happens in the context of my house. That's where my kids go, whoa, time out. Like, what was that? So there are moments where we need God to stand guard over our mouths. And maybe you've had a habit of just flinging words out that are painful. Just spend some time asking God this week, please guard my lips. Only allow words to come out that are encouraging. And when you fail, you're gonna fail. When you fail, just get right back up and, and get going again. Forgive yourself and move on. Don't um, get distracted by that. Now, the second thing I challenge you to do is to pay attention to people's reaction to you. Like, pay attention. Make a mental note all week long. How do people react? What's their personal reaction internally? It may just be nonverbal that you're looking at. And how do they respond to you? Just, just take a mental note of that. And if someone goes, hey, like, what's up with you? you're acting weird, then you know like you really need this challenge, okay? You really needed to work on speaking words of life. My final challenge to you is this. At the back of each seating section, we have a table next to our giving boxes. Um, I have put some thank you cards out there. And my third challenge is that you write a thank you note to someone. You write a note of encouragement to someone. Just speak their praises. It could be anybody that you want. Just spend some time this week. Just sit down and write a note. Like, Dear so-and-so, like, you're awesome. And tell them why they're awesome. And just speak words of life to them in written form. And you'll be amazed at how many people will hold on to that piece of paper for a long time. Because we don't hear that a whole lot. Now, ladies, I have a request for you. Um, I searched Walmart for all the masculine cards that I could find. And you know, you can't find a whole lot of masculine cards. And so guys, I know like you're not picking up one with flowers. So ladies, if you see cards with flowers, let, pick that up. Let the guys pick up the more masculine cards, okay? So we have American flag cards and some other things like that. All right, so ladies, just be generous to our guys because no, no guy's sending to his bud like, like, hey, thinking about you or something like that, all right? <laughs> so I'm here for you guys. All right, so three challenges this week. Speak only words of life everywhere you go. Pay attention to how people respond to you and then write a note of encouragement. Our words can bring life to people or they can bring death to people. And if you're a Christ follower, God asks for you to be the person who brings life. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for all the words of life that you pour out to us on a consistent basis. Lord, just those words that we were looking at this morning, that you can't stop thinking about us, that you can't 
stop blessing us, that you love us so much. Your thoughts for us are more than the little grains of sand that are on the seashores. And Lord, we can't even begin to comprehend what a number like that is. So I pray that you would help us to understand how you feel about us. Lord, I pray that we would allow that to replace some of those negative words that have been spoken to us in our lives. I pray that they would heal some of those wounds that we might have. And Lord, I pray that as we go into this week and beyond, Lord, that we would determine to be people who speak words of life and not words of death. Lord, in every scenario that we're in, in our our relationships, at work, at home, at school, wherever we may be, that we would be known as people who speak words of life. Help us to do that, I pray. Guard our mouths. Help us to speak nothing but words of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, Epic. My name is Carla. I have a few announcements to share just what's going on at Epic in the next couple weeks. If you uh, signed up for Starting Point and ordered Starting Point materials, those materials are going to be hanging out with Tim at the Connection Center so you can pick them up on your way out. Next week is the last week for our food drive. If you've been participating, you can see the bags that are at the, the food collection center. So we just want to encourage you, if you haven't had a chance, or maybe you still have your bag, you're still filling it, bring it next week. If you want to get in on the action, there are some bags um, at the food collection center and then also at Epic Kids. So when you pick up your kids, you can get a bag as well. If you call Epic Home, um, we just want to invite you to invest in what we're doing here and uh, just our little corner of the world. So you can uh, give today um, in the giving boxes behind each seating section or online at theepicchurch.com. On September 28th, we are having our volunteer kickoff event. Just want to encourage you, if you're volunteering, if you want to volunteer, please come check it out. It's going to be an awesome time. Um, September 28th, that's Saturday, 6.30 to 8.30, and it's going to be here at Buddy Taylor. All right, we're continuing when the series we just started last week, The Power of Blessings, so check out this video. Well, what an awesome challenge for us to take on this week. I don't know about you, but I could definitely use some words of encouragement. I think it's a huge way that we can impact the world that we're in. So I have one last announcement for you before we uh, go on with our day, so check out this trailer real quick. It can be a little startling to see those statistics and know that that's in our backyard. So we have an awesome opportunity to bring hope in our community because people matter. So on October 13th, Epic is going to gather, go, and give, and you have an opportunity to impact some of those statistics. We have 11 projects planned. It's going to be a really exciting day. Everything from serving a hot meal at Grace Community Food Pantry to painting houses in Benel and um, doing beach cleanup, all things that really matter to our community. We have opportunities for families with kids first grade and up. We have opportunity for students and for adults. We want everyone to participate and really join into this, this effort. It's going to be awesome. I want to encourage you to check out our website, theepicchurch.com slash epic3g. You can find more information about the projects and also sign up. Some of these projects have very small teams, and so once they're full, they're full. Um, so you'll have to find a new project. So sign up. If something's piqued your interest, um, go, go online and check that out. 
We had a couple people who were interested in the 3G t-shirts. You might see a couple this morning. If you want to order one, see Joyce at the, the Joy at the, the t-shirt table, and she'll hook you up. But you have to order today. All right, we want to welcome anyone who's checking out Epic for the, new, the first time. We are so glad that you're here today, and we just hope that you've enjoyed service. If you'll stop by our Connection Center on the way out, we'll just give you a little bit of information about who we are and what we're doing in Flagler County. On your way out, say hi to someone you don't know, and be sure to pick up that card. You can really speak life to someone and make a huge difference in this world. So have a great Sunday.